mean, you're, you're like a very hip, westernized gin. Is that <laughs> a hip gin? Is that, is that, yeah. You know. Never has that, there been a better compliment. <laughs> I hope that's not racist, because I meant it as a compliment, right? Racism yeah. can be a compliment, can it? Of course it can, and that's that's a perfect example. No, 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 no. It's uh, if I could <laughs> if I could be a hip gin, I'd die right now, <laughs> freaking everybody out. Like see me in the corner just staring at you, like oh god, what is that? But like I would hang out with him, you know. Like I would I would ask that gin what he's up to later, and maybe see what see what he's see where the day takes us. Uh, but I digress. I digress. Welcome to Eminem. We have a fun episode today, don't we? Um, you know, always on the back of our minds are the billionaire class, mm. the haves and have-nots. We're Marxists, aren't we? We're always discussing where does power lie? Um, where are the wackiest ideas coming from uh, that take us forward through history? Uh, although we know ideas don't take us forward in history, Ideas are always, you know, they're there, they're developing. The zeitgeist is always moving in this or that direction. Um, but who's setting the tone for what is accepted as normal in our culture or cutting edge, or dare I say genius? Um, today, we're going to talk about a certain someone named, and maybe, I'm not sure if he would, would you all classify this as a household name? Maybe not yet, but I would say perhaps coming up soon. This person, who I really can't stop reading about now, in almost like a morbid curiosity, just like, <laughs> what are you doing to yourself? Way, um, so I'm speaking, of course, about Brian Johnson, who um, Bay is going to lead us through this episode today and take us through uh, the mind of and mind and actions of someone who I find fascinating in the most morbid way possible. Um, um, we've we've talked a lot on the show about billionaires uh you know first and foremost elon musk all of the weird things that he's thinking about saying doing all of the off sort of bizarre um <laughs> thoughts that he has about where we should be going uh, in our future and in this society there's plenty others uh, and this is a good example of when dare i say when becoming a billionaire goes wrong um kind of like that uh Chappelle sh uh Chappelle skit um, we all know that it's always going wrong if you're a billionaire, but uh, I think this is a unique, uniquely freakazoid direction uh, that this particular billionaire has taken. So, Bay, why don't you, why don't you lead us today through an investigation of this interesting young man? <laughs> uh, and I, I don't know, I don't you, I don't know if you can hear the air quotes in my voice but uh young man brian johnson bay let's uh let's oh, yeah. discover something new today well i think this topic came about from our discussions on wanting to kind of create a um a series on health and wellness and that whole uh spectacle and how it you know connects to uh medicine and the healthcare industry at large and we don't necessarily have a defined endpoint for that. It was just, hey, this guy, um, he's been going around on TikTok. You see him on Twitter and shit, uh, on the random wellness influencer accounts on Instagram. And he himself, like, visually, very interesting. Um, yes. He, he, uh, he looks like a poor, poor man's Jared Leto at the Met Gallery, or at the <laughs> Met Gala, I mean. Um, I also thought he kind of looks like a Mormon vampire when I found out he's Mormon, of course. 
Um, Very just, vampirish. Yeah. Yeah. Like, he looks like a fucking glazed donut. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. He there's something like sometimes we will call these liberal politicians like bloodless in their actions, but he physically looks bloodless, right? Like yeah, he looks very uncanny. Like yeah. not quite right. Yeah. Like uh I was gonna make a very inappropriate joke, but I'm not, unless y'all want me to. You can. Let's try it out. Uh well, he looks like a, a pornographic bukkake video come to life. Um <laughs> Okay, that's not what I was expecting. We'll 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 leave it in though. I, I, I think mean, it's he's, true. He's that glazed. He is that white. I mean, he looks like the porcelain toilet in the Bukaki video. Honestly, yes. more than anything. Um, yes. He is... he look. He's milky as fuck. Um, I don't really oh, know how else to say it. Yeah. So, ideally, what we're talking about is this, you know, merging of information, health medicine uh and how it's kind of also uh captured by the capitalist society and the dynamics in which we all interact uh within healthcare and brian johnson was a perfect example to kind of uh you know begin the series in a fun way um because apart from being a mega millionaire at one point i think he was a billionaire now it talks about him slightly under um just the obscene amount of wealth that he has what is interesting in a contemporary standpoint is this man's fascination with attempting to defeat age. He essentially is looking to turn his body into a human experiment. Uh, he's noted on his YouTube channels to talk about that he is the most tested human being out there. Um, and all of this is in relation to him attempting to turn his body into the experimental playground to reverse age himself back to Benja a real life Benjamin Button. Um, that is literally what he's attempting to do. You At say the he's end, the most tested per, uh, human of all time? That's, you know, anecdotal according to him. But uh, his life is like, like, it is completely regimented around daily metrics and tests and all sorts of um, medical exams um in I, order to go ahead well i think we'll get into this but like he's testing himself right like it's not like he's being studied by like the nih or something like he's not the six million dollar man in like any scientific sort of sense like he's just like buying everly well tests or something well no it's funny because it's not like he's doing this project himself um in fact there is you know, before we even get into that, let me just give a brief uh, description of who Brian Johnson is, right? Super mundane, very whitish name. Uh, Google search it and it'll come up with, you know, probably 100,000 in the U.S., just maybe in the state of Utah. Um, yeah. <laughs> Alone. Yeah. But if you do Google him appropriately, you'll see like the little Google description, uh, you know, connected to the Wikipedia, Wikipedia profile. And you get that he's an American entrepreneur, a venture capitalist, and of course, as they all tend to be nowadays, a writer and an author. Um, Ugh, boring. But Brian Johnson initially made his wealth or started to make his wealth uh, by founding and being the CEO of Braintree, which was one of the original like platforms uh, like Venmo and PayPal, um, you know, with online commercial payment systems and in fact 
Braintree was bought out. Braintree bought Venmo in 2011, and then, I mean, 2012, and in 2013, uh, PayPal bought them out. And so from that, he made like 800 million. And since then, he's gone on to be a founder of multiple companies. Um, but it is that wealth that has allowed him to kind of, you know, tickle this flight of fancy and kind of attempt to understand his body so intimately and put it on the quest to de-age himself um, in a reverse aging process uh, for the health benefits, but also because it seems like a massive act of hubris that uh, billionaires get to do shit like this. Yeah. This is what I was going to say. Like when you, when you acquire that much money, I feel like you get into this mode of like, what the fuck do I do now? Sort of thing. And like, I guess most of them are like, I'll just keep investing in little pet projects that I find interesting. And like, you know, I'll become an investor of my own and I'll just put money here and I'll put money there and I'll put money there. It's just gambling really at that point and figuring and hoping that like you, you hit it big on the next one, which why does that matter if you have $800 million, like, oh, maybe I can have 1.2 billion now, or maybe I can have 2 billion in the future. It's like, God, at that point, is there even a, a fucking difference? Like what's the obsession with always like reaching yeah. the next echelon Oh, I'm only I'm a mere millionaire. I have to be able to call myself billionaire and then I'm then I'm a real one or something like that. I don't know. There's nothing left besides just um once the value systems have been erased, right? By capital have been decoded, all you have left is the quantitative value. There's no other value, I suppose. So it's just turn that 800 million into 2 billion, which turns into 5 billion, and then I'll have the real prestige of being in this echelon of of people. Um, but as we've already discussed, these people are so disconnected from reality, it's way more fun to just make fun of them. So here, and yet, and here we are, right? Um, <clears throat> the first red flag, of course, is that he was a Mormon missionary. I think we can all agree. The first, the initial red flag, mm -hmm. um, the fact that he spent time with the Latter-day Saints. Second red flag, immediate, just um, <laughs> right off the jump. I don't know if y'all watched that documentary, um, Stay Sweet, I think it was called, which was like the very radical wing of the Latter-day Saints. I highly recommend. That's a pretty fucked up documentary, but um, highly recommend. Uh, and you'll get an idea of somewhat of the background this guy came from. Pretty yikes. Wait, by mean, the way, I just want to say I'm the most tested man, but tested by God. <laughs> I'm the most tested man of all time. Um, yeah. not, this, not this joker. His strongest <laughs> soldier. That's right. Mormons are fucked up, but like I think there is a pretty distinct dif like difference between like the fundamentalist LDS and then like the mainstream Mormons, who are more likely to sell you like bad leggings and not like <laughs> steal your teenage children for like child brides. Yeah, not um, like funnel your daughter to be the ninth wife of this man who's hanging out in Utah. You know, something like that. That's you're not looking for that, maybe. But you know how like people will always make the point of like, oh, these billionaires, like even if you had, you know, three lifetimes, 10 lifetimes, you could never spend all that money. This guy's like, watch me. I'm going to yeah. live forever. Oh, all right. Bet. <laughs> you you think I can't spend it all? Bet. I'm going to spend two. Well, I don't, I don't want to get too ahead of myself, actually. Uh, I'll, I'll throw it back to you, Bay. <laughs> no. So, you know, before even jumping into his health uh, project, if you will. Um, let's go over his background. Okay. So yes, at the age of 19, um, he was a Mormon missionary that spent two years in Ecuador. And 
then he had went to uh, BYU because, of course, that's, you know, the Mormon nesting ground. Um, Mormon so, HQ. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So in 2003, he graduated with uh, a BA in international studies. But what's really important is what he was doing this time. Like, how did he uh, pay for college? Um, gives a bit of info about the type of capitalist that Brian Johnson is. Uh, he established three uh, companies, the first of which was an enterprise selling cell phones. He would hire other college students to sell the phones and the service plans. And from each plan or phone that was sold, he made $300 commission. Ingenious, right? <laughs> nice. Yeah, I'm not going to do shit. Um, you, you guys take care of that stuff and I'll take my my piece. No problem, right? I mean, I feel like that's, you know, part of that early hustle and grind. You know, all the guys that you knew in college that were like club uh, promoters and shit like that. Mm -hmm. Like, I mean, this is this is a serious businessman. This isn't doing that childish shit. This is a man about his money. That's so, right. He could be selling weed like all the other lames, but he's <laughs> getting college students to sell <laughs> cell phones for his Yeah, exactly, ass. man. Like Boost Mobile, Cricket, you know, all that type mm -hmm. of shit. That was this guy. Yeah. Uh, his third venture was he partnered with his brothers, Mormon, so mid figures. Um, <laughs> and he, they got into a $70 million real estate project, which if you look it up on Wikipedia, all it says is it didn't achieve its sales goals. End of project. Like, oh, okay. <laughs> his first mean? business failure. I mean, uh, it didn't work out. Oh, oh okay. like, <laughs> What does that mean? Like they had $70 million that they had as a goal or like they somehow raised it and like fucked it up. Yeah, exactly. I'm like, I, not enough detail here, but uh, did they go into this project with like a seventy like million dollar head, and they just blew that overhead? Or y'all are asking too many questions. Yeah, no, exactly. No, no. I'm like, don't forget I, this guy's I'm just a trying genius. To paint a linear picture of this gentleman. I was like, I'm not doing too much into this shit. Like, I'll save that for a Forbes article. Um, yeah. But afterwards, and this is really I really enjoyed it. He then went on to graduate with an MBA from the University of Chicago's Booth School of Business in 2007. Mm. Now, anytime I hear we... University of Chicago, my yeah. legs start shaking now, but yeah. And it seems only apt that we would discuss the University of Chicago on September 10th. Yep. Interesting yeah. how this is working out. Yeah. God bless those Chicago boys and God bless Milton Friedman. Love them. So, mm -hmm. There you go. Now we're talking. So from there, um, a little tidbit about uh, the Chicago Booth School. In 2008, the Friedman Institute of Research and Economics was established. And this was in collaboration uh, with UFC's Booth School, their Department of Economics, there you go, and their law school. That whole triumvirate of just evil, diabolical, like, thinking, it went into this. Yeah, so, the, 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 the super, what do you call it, the base of all of the capitalist axiomatic law mm -hmm. economics yeah it's it's incredible all the heavy hitters are here with us at the milton friedman institute uh folks this is big it was very much like the establishment of the legion of doom um just, <laughs> so the quote in describing it was that it was established to foster inquiry across across a wide range of topics and subfields the institute aimed to advance and preserve the unique university of chicago economic tradition of combining theory and data and rigorous analysis, an approach exemplified by Friedman and others. I don't know about y'all, but that reads as very um, 
the most mundane, anodyne, capitalist way of papering over. We're just doing evil shit in this building. Let us cook. <laughs> yeah. Um, do not look me in the eye. Do not ask me what I'm doing. Do not request more information. We are here to continue our legacy of doing what America does best, which is exploiting the entire world uh, at every possible turn we can. That's what it kind of sounds like. And this is almost like a, 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 front, a forerunner to all of the sort of neoliberal kind of uh, messaging that we hear today, like therapy speak, for example, or like corporate speak. I feel like this is like an early forerunner. Fostering inquiry, uh, advance and preserve the unique tradition. It's like, man, this is almost like 10 years ahead of its time, 2008. I'm kind of impressed, to be honest. This is the shit you hear all the time, like in a work email. But like this oh, yeah. is, you know, 15 years ago. I'm I'm really I'm impressed actually at the level of neoliberal bullshit that I'm hearing here. Well, it's fun because bring that up because if you look into Brian Johnson, nothing about him seems outlandish in like a very evil sense. It seems as if he is just a wealthy, you know, multimillionaire who gets to enjoy life the way they all do, um, that all the benefits of material existence are at his disposal. And that's what this project simply is. It's just, it's a fun thing for him to uh, look into, uh, attempt to put his body through, and that it has no connection, um, you know, to an ideological established way of viewing life. And yet, for the Marxists, for the materialists, for the those that are into understanding the dialectics of people's doings, it would make perfect sense. Um, in 2016, he received a, an award from USC, USC's Booth School for, <clears throat> excuse me, for their Distinguished Alumni Award. And I feel that's just like, you know, the Oscars, SBs, the Emmys, for people that have gone on to carry the lineage of capitalism. It's like, oh, my man, yep. you know. The the torchbearers for our <laughs> horrific system that we live under. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, you know who else is a distinguished alumni? Megan McArdle. Oh, <laughs> there you go. <laughs> that raggedy ass, God. Lord, there you have it. The, the libertarian queen. That we know and love. Thank you, uh, UFC Boot School. That's great company to be in. Yeah, oh, Brian Johnson yep. hanging out with Megan McArdle, my fellow <laughs> award winner. Jeez, fucking gremlin. Okay, so, so this dude basically he comes up in the Mormon um, milieu. Uh, he is in he's in fintech, sells a company for a shitload of money and uh, wins a few awards along the way for his capitalist torchbearing. Where does that leave us uh, after that? Yeah. So after Braintree was acquired by Venmo in 2012, um, or I keep screwing that up, after Braintree acquired Venmo, and then they themselves were acquired by PayPal, uh, in 2014, he left and he founded the OS Fund, which, drumroll, is an American venture capital fund that invests in early stage science and technology companies. Like any good capitalist, he has now turned inward. He has now looked to examine the mind and himself. This is now a personal scientific uh, 
you know, query about his body, about the world, about the state of things, you know, like all rich at some point, once they've made enough, the world becomes interesting. All my financial needs are there. All my material needs are met. What can I do? I can enjoy life as I see it. It can be one gigantic second grade science project just taken to the highest <laughs> level with the amount of absurd money that I have. And guess what? That is what he has done now. So if you have seen him on TikTok, you know, wearing like mesh fishnet tops and shit, looking, <laughs> I don't know, like. Looking uh, like a snack. <laughs> <laughs> looking like a little little dirty Baybell cheese. Um, uh, yeah. <laughs> looking like a slice of provolone. I can't believe he spent like $6 million to look like any old asshole who goes to Burning Man once. I swear to God. I know. I like really like this is a joke that's been like um, punched into our heads for so many years, but I really don't think I could pick him out of a lineup. And I don't think most people could. And no. if you look at the before and after photos, by the way, like what he looked like during this period that you're talking about, Bay, like as he was sort of coming out of his uh, academic life, if I even dare to call it academic life, um, with Braintree selling brain, uh, selling to Venmo and then being acquired. Also, like, I feel like it's just a, it's a free ticket to become a narcissist. Like once you've sold your company finally for, I don't know, at least if it's a hundred million or something, it's an arbitrary amount. But it's like a free ticket to become a narcissist and look inward at what is my vision for how the world should be. And of course, I'm allowed to think this way because I'm a man, I'm a captive industry. I'm uh, a genius because I was able to accrue all this money with my idea, always pointing at what I came up with and not you know, all of the uh, other people that uh, you work with, uh, coders and people on, the, on that side of things. Uh, to bring your brain tree app or whatever to life, uh, those people never get any credit for anything. It's just because it was his idea. He's the genius. Therefore, free ticket to be a narcissist and uh, unveil a vision for the world of what I think would be cool or dope. So annoying. Yeah. Like, that's all this is. It's just a pathway for people to give their milk toast, half baked uh, vision of what the world should look like. And the funny thing is, like, it just seems so innocent. It just seems like how the way the world is, where there's, he's not, you know, he's not a fucking evil caricature. He's not even like an evil caricature in the rich, like, tech, philanthropic business sense, like Peter Thiel. Mm -hmm. um, he's just a very, you know, I don't even know how to describe it. He's just that bland. Yeah. He literally looks like an extra in a blade, like for a vampire in a blade movie. <laughs> he, he, there's nothing special about this gentleman that stands out on you. When you look at like his profile pictures from his business days, he, technically that's still ongoing, but like the earlier business days, he looks like a normal, you know, white MBA holding businessman that works in finance or tech or something of that sort. I don't and even know is, that. He looks like he could like prepare your sub. He could look like he'd be your sandwich <laughs> artist. I swear to God. He looks like so unsubstantial, oh, I, like normal appearing. Oh yeah, you you throw him put a pair of overalls on him and he's, you know, remodeling houses in Boston for like a PBS <laughs> show. Like this guy is just that's him. Yeah. Um and it is only because of this amount of wealth that he has also and I feel like this is a historical trend that you see time and time again. When you were so rich, 
you get to champion causes, do it in the name of humanity, uh, try to sell it, you know, like the great explorers that these uh, colonial expeditions, uh, missions of conquest, etc., that there is a benefit to the larger masses. Um, and for him in particular, and it is very much an encapsulation of a far current individualized atomized society, it is an enormous amount of obscene wealth going into an individual project where he is just looking to see how can I become so healthy that there are changes. And you'll find out later that according to the research that they put out, there are epigenetic changes in this man's uh, body where he has de-aged to some degree. Um, I think what's sinister too, I want to say quickly is like, <clears throat> it'll be presented as like, this is for humanity. This is for how do we reverse aging as a species or like, how do we um, push the new frontier of technology when it comes to aging? Um, making it appear like this is for everybody and everybody could benefit from this. But yes, as we'll, as we'll sort of discover later as you go through this and like what this guy's regimen actually is, what he does every single day, how much it costs to keep up this lifestyle. Um, this is not for everybody. This is not for even 1% or even half percent of living people on the planet right now. So you're right, babe. This is an individual project. This is a vanity project masquerading as some sort of um, so like um, uh, vision for social utopia where nobody dies anymore or yeah, we all live to be 150 or 200 years old. It's amazing. Um, again, just like everything under <clears throat> an economic system where you need money in order to survive, how are you ever going to attain that when you can't even pay rent, when you can't afford your insulin, when you can't afford healthy food? How are you going to even live to 80 years old? That's that's just the, I want everybody to realize what's actually going on under the surface when this guy's talking about tech, uh, uh, anti-aging technology for humanity. It's bullshit it's for people who can have who have access to it it's just like everything else on the market if you can say, pay for it you can have it that's it sorry <laughs> my uncle did this thing when when i was much younger like he decided he was gonna get insanely jacked i mean looking back he probably had some sort of problems but like he couldn't hold down his job anymore and then he's like fuck this i'm just gonna eat, eat nothing but power bars and like work out for six hours a day it cost him nothing except you know like most of his relationships and he probably looked better than this guy so like if you're poor you can still do it <laughs> you just have to kind of ruin every other aspect of your life yeah cost him nothing but basic is, yeah how committed are you exactly. yeah are you willing to lose your community and your way of life to look fucking hot try these yeah. try these quest bars and, <laughs> and have like all of your family make fun of you all the time yeah hey man you look good but are you are you okay, brother? Like, do you you can talk to me? You seem like you're fucked up right now. <laughs> yeah, it feels like only slightly better than those weird dudes who like just want to have like the biggest biceps. So all they do is like bicep exercises yeah. and shit like that. You know, <laughs> and we all know those guys were like when we were teens or early twenties. So it was like, mm -hmm. bro, just just go to the gym, man. Yeah, or the people who are trying to do that. What is it called? Like spot reduction? Like they got a mm -hmm. little belly, so they only do crunches. I mean, that was oh, yeah. me, of course, uh, at one point in my life. And then you learn finally, like. It's, not really how it works, guy. Yeah. Yeah. The it's guy's right just in the, doing the, the, the crunch. Of like, yeah. like 
oh, I just, I just kind of want to tone my hips. I don't like hip dips, like shit like that. Where yeah. you're like, mm, no. Well, I'll say Brian Johnson is not doing that. He, I, if I give him credit, um, and you can go into this a little more. I think this dude works out for like fucking three or four hours a day. I will, I'll give him credit for some of the stuff he does. It is, it is kind of impressive. Some of the stuff though, you're just like, dog, you're down bad, aren't you? Like, you, you really need to talk to someone. Well, in fact, I was gonna say like this is a good segue where we should just watch a couple of his videos. Um, okay. Because that itself is much better than us going on about it. Like we. What we can describe, it pales nothing to what this man will talk about in just two minutes. Okay. Here we are watching Why I Am Spending Millions to Be 18 Again, Brian Johnson. This one is metformin. This is given typically to diabetics. It's been also taken off-label for longevity purposes. I just want to say one more time, I have never ever heard of metformin being used off-label for longevity not once in my life i've heard of it being used off-label for weight loss because yes. a common side effect of metformin is weight loss not longevity people who i admire the most did things typically over a multi-decade time frame people who in their time and place they survey the landscape of things that they can do and they identify the thing that can barely be seen and say, I'm going to try to do that thing. Can I just say, he's being so disrespectful to Jack LaLanne by never acknowledging him. He hasn't pulled a single fucking boat with anybody on it. So, <laughs> just saying. Let's keep watching. Maybe he'll surprise us. We'll see what happens. I started Braintree when I was 27 years old. I bootstrapped the company for the first four years. Pause it right there. Profitable. Bootstrap. Yeah, exactly. Million. And then I made 300 million of that. At the age of 34, I thought it's time to try to do something meaningful on that kind of multi-decade timescale. I mean, that right there is case in point, exactly what we're talking about and why we're talking about why. It is not necessarily this outright nefarious way of thinking. It is a logic ingrained into the structural process of things. Um, he just talked about establishing Braintree by himself, by bootstrapping a company, a process by... Um, starting a small business, usually from scratch, uh, from scratch, but attracting um, minimal external capital. It is the business way of saying the bootstrap ideology of pulling yourself up yep. yourself, doing that shit yourself. Um, the reason it is in this small, you know, two and a half minute video is because it's a way to create a sense of legitimacy uh, for Brian right now. The viewers listening, um, and they hear that and they immediately think, you know, this gives him some amount of authority and what he is currently talking about and doing. Here is someone who at the young age of 27 established a company, uh, did it by himself, sold it, has progressed like all these, you know, noble businessmen. And so therefore his current venture, this health experiment, um, is given that credence of support by his own past um and it allows it allows people to more often think that there is a built-in efficacy uh you know for this current project of his i don't know if there's any like capitalist figure um more important than the self-made man like for the for the mythology that comes with 
the capitalist mode of production. Like, I don't know if there is a higher echelon authority figure than the quote unquote self-made man, which we all know is, um, is fake. It's ideology. There is no such thing as a self of self-made person. There's so many things that go into making somebody or even allowing somebody to reach those upper echelons. Of course, there's workers that are under them that are building the product. There's all things, all kinds of things going on behind the scenes, but just within the mythology of, um, this economic system, like nothing is more powerful than to hear, I did it on my own. I started from nothing. The rags to riches story, right? It's all, but you're right. It's all just um, and it's I, to create legitimacy. And I feel like it's the ultimate way to create a sense of individual authority that someone is superior and that whatever they're doing, uh, therefore, is okay on the simple end, but is also verifiable and the larger sense of capitalist understanding that it's not just me you know going out and you know fucking doing pull-ups on a tree limb this is something legitimate yeah. and that's kind of why you know that little adage of bootstrapping and establishing oneself is so important uh to giving a certain foundation to everything else that you know he's doing absolutely okay in 2022 brian set a new world record he published results indicating he reversed his epigenetic age by 5.1 years in seven months. This is a caption on the video, so I'm reading it. My view of the blueprint is to demonstrate aging escape velocity using the best science, trying to do all the appropriate interventions to neutralize my aging process. 1.8, so even better than last time. So I think my first one was 3.4. A few things have distinguished what I've done to date. As far as I know, I'm the only person that has publicly posted my data. So I'm not saying... That's cuck shit. It's like, oh yeah, I'm, I'm just posting <laughs> my data for free. Oh, am I supposed to be impressed, dog? Like, what are you, what are you doing, man? Like, eh, it's a little, a little sus posting your data just for everyone. Here's my protocol, and believe me, I'm saying here's my protocol, here's all my data... And here's what I'm experimenting with next. And here's where I've made mistakes. And here's where I'm trying to fix it. It's really a stacked process of maybe a hundred different things I do. Because you have to think about the, the body in its entirety. 118, is that right? Yeah. How the heart ages is different than how the lungs age. And how the lungs age is different than how the brain ages. You have to really think about it from a holistic perspective. So it's the common things like diet and exercise. But it's also a much broader consideration. So I have a team of doctors that I work with and we just go through this rigorous process of measurement, gold standard science, implementation, measurement is produced near perfect health for me. Wait, how can, sorry, how can it be gold standard science if like the evidence hasn't been replicated enough exactly. to be like a first line <laughs> treatment or like a recommendation? Let like, Literally, I was yeah. going to say N equals one. So yeah, like diet and exercise are, yeah, those are good things. Like those aren't secrets, but like, I guess only when you're a fucking billionaire, can you have like this much time to just devote to looking this mid? Yes. I'm glad you said <laughs> exactly. Like not, that's the thing. It's not even like I'm looking at him like, damn, I'd probably kiss him. I'm like, I'm looking at him like, I'm terrified of you, dog. <laughs> Brother, if I saw you in an alley, I would run, I think. I'd run pretty fast. 
So th- this is what I don't understand. Like, oh, I'm only 45. Can you believe it? I'm like, brother, you, you know, yeah, you definitely look at me. <laughs> <laughs> no, I don't believe it. You look 60, man. You know how sometimes like when people get too much plastic surgery, like no matter how old they are, they yes. kind of look 45. Mm-hmm. Like he has that sort of face. Right. Yeah. He looks like um, and this was even before the Barbie movie. Like he really does have that plastic sort of um exterior that Ryan Gosling has, which they achieved really well in the movie, I think, by the way, which we're not gonna talk about Barbie, but they achieved that sort of plastic look so well for Ryan Gosling. And it looks exactly the same for this guy. That's that's what I think of yeah. actually. It's creepier on him. <clears throat> Far creepier. Yes. I completely and like you were saying, why is his hair red now? What happened to him? He has a no very mention. Mic- Oh, yeah. He has a very Michael Fassbender trying to play Jesus look uh, yeah. in this clip. Uh, it's like when 50 Cent lost like 150 pounds for that movie roll <laughs> and nobody saw the movie, which was hilarious. <laughs> nobody saw the fucking movie. Like, why'd you do it then, dog? <laughs> that was sad. When did that shit? Oh, boy. Or uh, I mean, dedicated, you know, to their I, Yeah, dedicated to the craft. But some people care about certain things and sometimes people don't care about other things but anyways yeah that i had the same thought it's like cutting edge science um gold standard it's like you're you're giving up all your data great but it's one person's data so it's not that useful to be honest with you and i'm glad you brought up time uh segment because i was mentioning like how expensive this would be to like keep up all of these health metrics and yeah team of doctors and all this crap that nobody can afford people can't even afford one fucking primary care doctor and this guy's got like 30 of them of course so i was talking about the money aspect but the time is so important too and i'm glad you brought that up who the fuck has time for this who has time to work out four hours a day who has time to like (laughs) gulp down 60 pills in the morning who has time to live this lifestyle it's not tenable for again, half a percent of people currently living on the planet. That's why this is so uncanny and bizarre and weird. And, you know, in in some senses, you can be like, dude's doing a lot to work on his body. He's in the gym. Good, good for you, dog. But like a lot of people are doing that. And all this extra stuff is just so out there, so weird and so self-serving, which I think mm-hmm. is the point we're really trying to get across. Self-serving masked as this genius vision for the future that's what really annoys the shit out of me the most and also there's a detached way uh that this is presented uh his youtube channel like very well produced uh he'll have all these fucking celebs in it like steve ioki and shit when he's talking about his diet um and you can tell there's like money that goes into it like a legit youtuber and this is just him making shit as one part of his larger day-to-day life i'm sure he has a team that you know curates every aspect of you know this information that is put out there but the detachment from what they are talking about to the regular working person and how this is all you know subsumed under the umbrella of health here is this rich white man attempting to defeat death and he's not that hubristic, but he essentially is by uh, trying to figure out how to defeat age and doing so in such a publicly facing way that it is put forward 
as knowledge for everyone, uh, you know, to ingest and to use for their own betterment. I would say he has the hubris, by the way, just to interject real quick, because I was watching in a CBC interview, I think it was, and he literally said at the end of the video, I have no plans to die. <laughs> so I think <laughs> I think he does have the hubris you're alluding to. God damn. I just didn't <laughs> watch that think, one. Does he think like people die because they plan on it? They're, like, exactly. Well, death and taxes. Well, no, I don't have plans for, for death. Like, well, I mean, do we all does anybody have plans for that? But I mean, yeah, just ridiculous. So yes, he does have the hubris. Also on the side, I don't know if we're going to watch any of his other um, little YouTube videos. Maybe that should be like the premium content, but like he does the clickbait thing where his before just looks like on purpose terrible. And then his after <laughs> is like him like acting normal, like with the posture thing. His before picture is like him waking up after a bender in Ibiza or some bullshit like that. <laughs> and then his after pick is, yeah, still pretty underwhelming and like, man, you you should have left this in the drafts, man. I don't know. I wouldn't be bragging about this. That's all. I mean, before we continue to watch more and even go into, you know, more specifics about his regimen, the ultimate idea with this episode is how health and wellness, you know, with those parentheses around it, the capitalist health and wellness has sold to us is like so many other things sold to us from on high. Regular people know what health and wellness is. We're so un, like we're so detached from the ability to achieve it in a capitalist society because we're priced out of it. Mm -hmm. It's unaffordable. We don't have the time. Um, this man has all of that. Yes. And what happens is in connection with health and wellness, medicine and science and the capitalist society are captured by that same, you know, capitalistic, parasitic. Uh, process. So it's why, like, if you go back, I forget the exact term that he used, but he tried to use a very scientific term for bullshit at like the one minute mark for the de aging thing, like a de aging velocity or some shit like that. <laughs> escape velocity. Yeah. Yes, or that like, was it. Yeah. Escape what, yeah. Whatever it was, like, you can tell that's just some transhumanist, like, literary yep. bullshit. Mm -hmm. um, I like, mean, oh. like, implying like death is this, like, you know, mass that if you just somehow run away fast enough, like you will escape its yeah. orbit. Yep. And it's fun because as we understand it, right? Like you're an undergrad in a freshman science course of some sort, it's preached to us in liberal academia as science itself as a process is this objective, empirical, imperfect, and because it's imperfect, perfect creature, a perfect process. It is devoid of ideology. It is devoid of politics. Those things aren't present, um, which itself is the ideological project of America, where science is not science for you know the proletariat. Science is not science for the improvement of society. It might be said to be as such as this man is doing, as they all do it. But science is a captured mode of thought. Um, it is a captured process, and he is using um all these little you know mechanics if you will to sell himself and for me like once you're aware enough like it gives the game away the fake use of made-up scientific bullshit at the same time 
saying things that are accurate, like metformin actually being a medicine and just not having any ability or degree to talk about this shit uh, from a professional standpoint. And yet, like, you know, in one sentence, be like, oh, metformin has been proven to do this. It's that huckster bullshit that we've seen since America's founding, where people are selling shit uh, and just outright lying, but figure out how to make that lie work. And for us and the, you know, uh, social milieu of health and wellness as we are living in, you say that type of shit. You get science to become such a strong veneer of legitimacy. And because we understand it is so hard to break through that you end up accepting this man and what he's saying for a multitude of reasons. His past business success, i.e. his wealth, um, and just his material conditions, what those material conditions allow him to do, which is to actually have a team of physicians that constantly perform legitimate tests. Now, the video is hilarious because it shows him, you know, fucking doing a blood stick and all this stupid, like, basic, like, EMT shit. But this man is legitimately getting, like, colonoscopies and MRIs and stuff. And so you're like, oh, wow, there's legitimacy here. His body's actually being tested. And then he'll say, like, the information is public. All of that, like, anyone that, you know, has a basic understanding knows, well, that doesn't mean a goddamn thing. What it does tell me is he's actually going through the legit... um interactions with medical experts that motherfuckers like us can't afford. Yeah. I can't afford a $3,000 like MRI. This guy can get one 10 times a day. Like it's that type of detachment that also sells itself. Totally. I, th I think it was interesting what you're saying with science being this objective, empirical, Imperfect because it's imperfect, sort of, um, it's almost become an, an entity in itself. And this is where that term like scientism comes from, where people put all of their faith in science and because it ostensibly doesn't involve politics or ideology or all of these things that can confound what you're trying to get from science, right? This is all um, in our minds what science is supposed to do. And <clears throat> Back in the times when science and philosophy were more intertwined than they are today, I mean, I think that's where a lot of this stuff comes from. Like if you if you go back to like, and you might have to help me out with this a little bit. Um, if you go back to like Descartes, um, th the problem with human thinking, what you're trying to avoid at all costs, right, is error, right? Error is the big problem. How do we avoid error in our thinking? You go to Kant, it, it's sort of error, but it becomes more like illusion. How do we avoid the illusion in our thinking to where we um, get off of the path of what's proper through reason, like a proper um, logical outcome through using mm -hmm. reason, right? Uh, and I really think this is like science became that sort of solution for this kind of thinking as modernity came up, right? Is the avoidance of error, the avoidance of illusion. How do we find truth um, through all of the, the muck, right? Um, and that's where we've kind of hung our hat on this legitimacy. And there's something true about that where science is this, uh, as D&G would say, this plane of reference, right? It's this way of understanding our reality and building knowledge to gain more knowledge, right? That sort of thing. But when it's used as merely an authority figure, which is what 
happens in capitalist society, this uh, and and under the state too, it's not just capitalism; it's the state too. This this giant apparatus of capture, right? That's what the state is. It's an apparatus of capture. Um, what it uses science toward is not so much <laughs> the part about building the plane of reference and building the knowledge to better understand reality. It's to create a legitimate institution and funnel our ideological projects through that. And you see that so much here, I think. Like, um, none of this would exist without that premise, I think. Um, and we could get into like, you know, nomad science versus royal science, but I don't think that's so much so useful here, that concept. Um, there's a little bit of time left in this video. Maybe we should just play it out real quick and then um, figure out where we're going next. No matter how much I've had to be, no matter how eccentric people perceive me to be, because I'm outside the norms, demonstrating that age can be arrested would change everything. I'm outside the norm. I'm not like the other girls. Shut the <laughs> fuck up, dog. Shut the fuck up. Oh, my God. Oh, boy. Thank you, Brian. Very cool. What do we have next? Um, do we want to do... If anything, do the vitamin vitamin one next. Okay. And and before we even started, what I was going to say is, in regards to you know what you were talking about for science, one of the things, and this is you know, a simplistic description, not a deep, thorough academic description, but it's this idea that humans were these imperfect, fallible creatures that were you said mucking shit up and science as it has evolved it has removed that sense of human error and in our current place it often feels as if that whole human side of thinking is what is faulty it is why we have such an empirical uh sense of dominance why we've mentioned it multiple times why the quantitative aspects of things dominate the qualitative aspects of things why STEM and all those type of programs dominate over the humanities and social sciences. Um, but the funniest thing to me is here's someone just coming from business. These are people that literally just, you know, their world is human interaction, capitalist human interaction. Mm -hmm. And from that, they then use the regalia of science to create, you know, um, almost like a type of armor for what they are doing. Yeah. Science protects them. What he is saying, it protects him uh, from criticism. His team of doctors protect him from criticism. And it's fine to actually understand that criticism can come from different places, but he is so legitimate in what he is attempting to do because there is that scientific, uh, you know, complete input into his daily life. And I think this next video is going to be rather funny in describing uh why that makes sense i mean it's exactly what you said it's like fetishism right like it's people who sell you bullshit but wear a white coat because they know like that white coat is culturally associated with like doctors or nurses or like healthcare or scientists mm -hmm. like who have that degree of like legitimacy but like what he's doing is like so anti-scientific like science is a like science the scientific process is the process it's a recursive process that like 
makes room for errors because like those are inevitable and you kind of get closer and closer to approximating some sort of objective truth or like what you actually see in nature by doing it hundreds and hundreds of times over like these huge sample sizes across different conditions and then you kind of like get incrementally closer like in this process it's not like what you do to your own body with a bunch of fucking quacks exactly no that's a hundred percent million percent true and it's the same with philosophy right it's like when you're in a group of people talking about philosophy you're not doing philosophy doing philosophy what if you wear togas though <laughs> well, yeah, is yeah. That equivalent? <laughs> if, you, if you look the part that's a little closer i think you're what getting if he there. did this in the cave that's right yes <laughs> if you're in plato's cave and you don't know you're in plato's cave no 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 but yeah, yeah yeah the form of expression versus the form of content right or whatever but no like what is philosophy? It's creating concepts, right? If you're just talking about concepts, you're not really doing philosophy. You're just sort of communicating. That's fine, but you're not doing philosophy. Same thing here. This guy's not doing science. He's not creating a plane of reference. He's not doing, um, um, I want to say projects. I know that's not the word. He's not doing experiments. He's not experimenting, changing variables oh, if I change this, this will happen. If I change this, this will happen. And yeah, like you say, approximating, getting closer to um, something that can be said is true, or at least something we can approximate closely. All he's doing is getting blood work and they're writing shit down. And what are they going to do with this? Who the fuck knows? But this is not science. This is a vanity project. And again, that's why it's so frustrating that we have to like pretend that this guy has some sort of authority or legitimacy because he has the money to do something like this. You know, it's, it's, it's infuriating actually. And we, we get to be told like, yeah, this is the cutting edge of science. Fuck off. Not really. Which also you cannot be both the cutting edge and the gold standard. Those are like kind of very true that i can be yeah. both god damn it no exactly <laughs> i can be the the cutting edge of deterritorialization and the state at the same yeah. time what what okay well um shall we this one is titled oh boy why i take a hundred plus pills every day don't you want to be this guy listeners fact, i'm gonna, before I'm gonna we send even... it to all my patients to complain about taking yes. three different pills. oh yeah absolutely <laughs> All the fucking little memes and peepaws, like as uh, Tekken says, that also don't want to take the fucking, you know, litany of vitamins in the morning and evening. They need to nope. watch this shit, too. They don't want to um, take their metopol. They don't want to take yeah. their tresto. They don't no want to take their... clopidogrel and shit like that, man. <laughs> Clopidiformin. They yeah. don't want to take their aspartame. You know, they don't want to take that shit. L listen, yeah. I'll, I'll level with you. I find it really difficult to take five Metamucil pills a day. So I understand. Those are horse pills, though. Those are killer pills. I don't know if you've ever seen those, but 100 fucking pills a day, dude. Who? I'm sorry, though. Like, really, if you're watching this guy and his trajectory and you're like, damn, that's pretty cool. And then you see he's taking 100 pills a day and you don't start running for the hills. I don't know. Look inward, because that should be the first turnoff to wanting to pursue this lifestyle. I was going to say. Ultimately, what we're watching is almost like a sick, sick sideshow of a capitalist production. 
And for us, it's capitalist it's, theater. This is capitalist yeah, theater. It, it right? really is. I mean, that's a perfect way to describe it. It really is capital capital. I cannot speak today. God damn. It's that fucking Texas heat. I think it's giving me many strokes. Um, <laughs> but no, like my ultimate aim with this is the fact that health and wellness is actually really understood by most exercising having social support almost go back to our social determinants episodes right like yep. it's access to good quality food being able to eat like or having working conditions that are suitable for a healthy life those are the things that ultimately defeat death right there's no defeating death there is prolonging it by just being fucking healthy and people in a capitalist society can't be healthy because capitalism that is literally it. The way our lives are structured are not structured for our health and well-being. They're structured to extract from us. And yes. that is why there are all those metaphors and marks and that are terrific about literally extracting the marrow from our bodies. And here we have someone essentially being a charlatan, reselling that, reselling health and wellness to us. Um, Science, when it is a radical, liberatory project, also works hand and foot with the economic system. Our economic system is perverted, polluted, corrupted. And then you have people at the top of that economic ladder, as Brian Johnson, reselling us a way to defeat the very process that is killing us. And honestly, and, what he's selling is not even interesting because, but it's perfectly encapsulated within the logic of capital itself, which is the revaluation of values. Again, always going back to Nietzsche, the good Nietzsche, Deleuze's Nietzsche, by the way, the good Nietzsche, the revaluation of values from qualitative to quantitative. Isn't this a perfect example? This dude just wants to live longer. What does mm -hmm. he want? He wants more years. He doesn't want better years of what he has. He doesn't want a better quality of life. He doesn't want to experience the thrill of a childlike wonder, a childlike wonder over and over throughout his life. He doesn't want to make new experiences and connections with people. He just wants to live longer. And what encapsulates the cap like the capitalist value system more than a quantitative value system? right? Everything is translated into how much, how much money you have, how much time you have. This guy is like the spokesperson for that way of thinking. And that's exactly it. Like, what is the point of to be healthy and to be well? It is to live life to its most meaningful fullest. And that itself means life that is filled with all manners of healthy social relationships and enjoying life. Uh, and honestly, being amazed and astounded by everything that is out there, not devoting your life uh, to a wage system, uh, to being a member, trying to rise above that and become a member of the salariat and have a salary, like just so you can have fucking health care, like, you know, provided through you by a uh, child's based insurance plans and shit. Um, what this guy's doing is literally a Frankenstein vanity project. He is telling you like, and, it, and this has been done throughout history, that age is something to be conquered. Age is something to be defeated. 
rather than like healthy societies where age is a like aging is a wonderful blessing like it means you have lived life and if you have been able to live a life where you have aged wonderfully your needs have been met you have family you have a healthy social environment all those type of things then we can have healthy conversations about dying this is simply a project attempting to defeat death yep and as susan sontag would say even the way we talk about this right conquering death it's a even that has a sort of I don't know, maybe I'm maybe I'm stretching here a little bit. Even that has uh, these kind of colonial implications, conquering things, defeating Absolutely. death, defeating age and all this. Like everything is about how we have to dominate some aspect of life we don't like or don't want some other. I mean, death, of course, is the other because all we know is life. So oh, absolutely. Everything it, it is, is about uh, conquering this uh, this threat this constant threat, this mass, as uh, as you said, Sigmund, this black hole that sucks us constantly into its uh, into its center. The you know you got to escape the event horizon. As long as you have the what was it, the escape velocity to escape the event horizon of the black hole of death, you're good, brother. Um, sorry, what were you gonna say? No, absolutely, that's a hundred percent it. It is a scientific imperialist mindset. Everything can be conquered. Everything yep. can be defeated. Everything can come under, uh, you know, my desires and personal aims. Yep. Um, it is done on the very individual level because that is where we're at as a society, but it is certainly an encapsulation of a historical process too. Um, all right. <laughs> Why, here we go. Why I take 100 plus pills every day, Brian Johnson. Hi, my name is Brian Johnson, and I am a professional rejuvenation athlete, like Magellan, who circumnavigated the globe, or Shackleton. Pause. Pause that shit. Dog, yeah, 10 seconds in, I'm like no. Magellan? No, even <laughs> before, my favorite thing, we have created a term for what he's doing. He is a rejuvenation athlete. This is now gamifying this process to conquer death. He's taking like, all the boxes of 21st century. Bro, I'm trying to be the fucking Michael Jack, like Michael Jordan of killing <laughs> death Jackson, dog. Like, I'm not I'm, I yeah. Yeah. Fucking take your 107th pill today, Kobe. Shit. <laughs> he says that popping button. Exactly. <laughs> Kobe. Man. Oh my God. All right. So, and then also to compare himself immediately to like, you know, two people who have actually done something with their yeah. fucking lives. Also, yeah, two explorers too. So exactly, it fits two with, yeah, it fits with what we're talking about. How this is certainly an extension of this Western process and a Western science itself. Making making sense now. Making a lot more sense. First, the South Pole. I am a modern day explorer searching for the fountain of youth, not for the purpose of living indefinitely, but so that we can each be our very best self. And as part of this journey, I don't believe that. I, Wait, I don't believe what? you, Doug. <laughs> That's it. Like that is why. Like it's. This isn't for me. This is for you. This is for us. <laughs> I mean, all my wealth and money is going towards my health, but the data is public, so it is for us. Like you know, no, I'm the only one benefiting from this right now. It's for it's yeah. for all of us. We're all in this together. No, it's when your dad buys like some huge appliance and is like, no, 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 no. This is for the house. Like, <laughs> yeah, this yeah. Is for all of us get it, and then he's like the only one who's really into it. Yeah, ex literally, this is it. My team and I set out to 
ask the question, what is possible right now with slowing our speed of aging and reversing it? To do that, we've designed a protocol for sleep and exercise and diet and also 111 supplements. In this video, we're going to explain to you what I take, when I take them, and why. I've spent millions of dollars building this protocol, and I've shared it all freely. It's important I share with you that before you do anything, you should probably speak with your doctor. Yeah, a lot of people are pretty confused. That. No, I'm just going to go fucking full hog. I'm just going to go for it. 111 <laughs> supplements a day. Like, where do I sign? I, As a doctor, I think I would be concerned, like, what is the fucking gelatin or microplastic content of taking 111 pills in a fucking day? I, I, yeah, if I feel like if I talk to my doctor, he'd be like, bro, what? What's up? Hundred? You want to do what? Hundred? How many supplements you, you said? Are you? Okay, we're going to need an EGD, first of all, to make sure your esophagus can handle such a load of supplements per day. Um, yeah, I just, I, I just can't stop laughing at this. I can take this many supplements in a given day. For example, this is my morning pill. Jesus if Christ. I end up dying from taking pills, this guy is giving me the culprit. All my pills are- That would be very funny if you did die. Yeah. That <laughs> <laughs> would fucking poetic ending that would be. You see it like in those uh, anatomy museums where there's like, you know, a piece of fucking like orange that's stuck in an esophagus. <laughs> yeah. Or it's just like that fucking horse pill. It's like, ah, that's what took him out. What's the biggest pill you've seen, Sigmund? I feel like the biggest one I've seen is um, those potassium pills. Yes, those potassium. are gnarly. Yeah. Those are horse pills. Oh, Everyone gets mad. Yeah. Those are scary as fuck. Um, I don't think I've come across a bigger one besides perhaps Metamucil. Um, we'll have to we'll have to do a measuring contest at some point. And my team does this once every two weeks. So we do 28 tins at a time. It's easier to batch process all this. This motherfucker's got a team to put pills in little things for him yeah this is for everybody Don't, not to worry with an industrialized process batch processing just for him like just so he can be fucking homer simpson in the donut episode in hell like just that's like, oh my god oh yeah my team who parcels out my pills meanwhile Mima is lucky if she can even find her pill case you know not, they don't yeah. have a, t a team of nieces and nephews and sons and daughters setting up their pills for her jesus and these tins make it very easy to transport around. The number of pills we take changes on a regular basis. Sometimes it's 111, sometimes it's 104. It depends upon what data we receive. So we have a protocol put in place. We do a whole bunch of measurements. We look at the data and we determine whether it's appropriate to continue, just completely eliminate. Some pills I take every day. Sorry, just for the, the scientific measurements he just did, he did an ear thermometer. Very not accurate. <laughs> A pulse. What the fuck, man? Dude, well, yeah, if you're legit, you're doing rectal temp. Sorry, oh, yeah. I don't yeah. make the rules. Yeah, for sure. And you're showing that on the YouTube video too for everyone to see. <laughs> you're yeah. wearing a rectal monitor at all times. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. If you're a true cyborg, you'll do the right thing. You'll stick that shit directly where it needs to be. Okay. Sometimes I take them twice a day. Sometimes I take once every two weeks. For example, rapamycin. So each pill has a different frequency and a different protocol. But every morning upon waking, I take these 60 plus pills. You can find on my website a list of all of these. I'm going to walk you through a few of them. Oh, yeah. 60 his, motherfucking pills in the morning. His website, which is actually multiple sites, is fucking wild, too. I'll mention it briefly like later. But 
Okay. Yeah, motherfucker also selling olive oil on that shit. So yeah, it's all a scam. <laughs> yes. No, yes. no, no, no. He, he's got a whole There's swag a... line. Yeah, he's got a healthy olive oil that they're selling for seventy oh. bucks a pop. Yes, right. and there's a Reddit uh, our blueprint. And someone posted taste difference with blueprint E V O O. Not that the taste is the point, but I'm curious. Anyway. <laughs> yeah. And then someone responded, it oh. tastes reasonably good. Oh, good. <laughs> yeah, you know, it's like it makes me yeah. gag the first uh, couple of bites, but after that, it's pretty reasonable. I can I can keep it down. I'd rather fry my shit in avocado oil or sunflower oil, but you know, yeah, you know, I want to support this guy. I really care about what he's doing. You know, for us, for all of us. This is ashwagandha. It uh, helps with anti-anxiety, improve cortisol management, improve sleep, and increase testosterone. Sig you ever heard of that, Sigmund? Yes, ashwagandha? Um, oh, you have? Okay. Yeah, people take it as a supplement. It doesn't really do anything. I mean, this guy also takes testosterone patches. So, like, if that's not working for you, there's, like, a deeper underlying problem for your <laughs> testosterone. Yeah. Okay. I, I've never heard of it. I just wanted to see if you've heard 600 milligrams once a day. This is calcium alpha ketoglutarate. I'm sorry, what? Calcium alpha ketoglutarate. I take it for an improved fertility index. This is EPA. It's good for... Which is hilarious. He's talking Wait. about fertility because in another article I read, he's talking about how no one will fuck him. <laughs> yeah. He already has kids. Yeah. And he's already got kids. Oh, he's fucking he was Mormon. literally He was he's literally Mormon. getting blood transfusions from his 18-year-old yes. son. Like that was why like yes. he really became famous because it was literally had that blood sucker type vibe going. And like th this is where that term that or that joke, like blood boy, I think it comes from this guy, right? Like from Silicon Wasn't Valley. I thought that was Steel first. Oh, was it like, Teal? Maybe yeah. oh, he was probably the yeah. He, you're right. He was probably the the head honcho for the Blood Boys. That's true. I take he, it well. He wanted to do it on like a bigger scale, where he wanted to inject himself with blood. Man. But I mean, the same same crowd. But like again, I'm sorry. You're what 45? You want to improve your fertility index? Are you having children? Like also, you're Mormon. Shouldn't you be like already highly fertile? Yeah, yeah. Well, you already got the team formed. Like you got a starting lineup and a bench. What you doing? Like... <laughs> yeah, deep bench too. I mean, the sixth man of the year. You've mm -hmm. already got like the first eight people coming off the bench are doing everything for you. I mean, being Mormon, what else can you ask for? Well, it's also he talks about these things. And the way he comes across in his YouTube videos is like a medical authority. That is part of selling this project. Yeah. You know, he ashwagandha, this and that. Most of us understand, oh, okay, we can just go to fucking Sprouts or Kroger's and buy this shit in the vitamin <laughs> section. Like grandma takes like turmeric all the time and it doesn't do a fucking thing. Like mm -hmm. for her, like a real person of science understands like, okay, what does the scientific literature say on, the, you know, these different vitamins? And of course there is you know, research that shows like, you know, some things with anti-inflammatory properties and all this type of stuff. But this is literally someone rich enough to just go like, okay, the fucking men's health magazine has talked about all these goddamn fucking different types of vitamins for the past 20 years. And my actual team of doctors is being like that I'm paying them several million is just going to force feed them all down my fucking throat. Yeah. It's, it's like this guy walked into a GNC at the mall and just like that, mm -hmm. that whole wall, I'll take that. And yep. yeah, I don't really need the evidence, even though we're all talking about gold standard, whatever bullshit. Like if we were talking about real gold standard scientific medicine, blah, 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 like he wouldn't be taking probably half these pills. But it it also in a way like it's he's become almost a caricature of himself. So I almost feel like he 
could be taking 20 pills a day, but it's almost for the bit in a way. Mm -hmm. So yeah, I take a hundred pills a day, whatever. I'm, I'm that wacky guy who does this. And like that increases his reach, his notoriety, how people know, oh, he's the guy that takes hundred pills a day. I guess it kind of worked on us, didn't it? Um, but again, just have to laugh at like evidence-based medicine and gold standard. And like, what do we hear all the time about these supplements? I'm sorry, they don't really do anything, especially if you already have a good diet. If you don't have a good diet, maybe we have a different conversation. But this motherfucker is paying $2 million a year for the best exercise regimens, for the best food, for the doctors, all this stuff. So what does he need all these supplements for? Um, He probably doesn't. Probably doesn't. What if his doctor is just like pulling a birdcage really or like scraping off the A and the S off the aspirin tablets? (laughs) (laughs) We're just like telling him like, oh yeah, this definitely will increase your fertility. It's just like. Yo, you definitely get bitches now, bro. Don't worry, man. Yo, take this. (laughs) Bro, like this is hilarious and y'all might not know so maybe i'm telling all myself but like y'all ever have friends like in your early 20s college i would like would look up shit for like sex performance gee please tell me you had some weird creepy friends that looked up shit like horny goat weed and shit like bro i'm not shooting like big enough loads so i'm taking like horny goat weed and like l glutamine and like you know shit like that that's literally uh, what he sounds like just said i mean i know guys like this they weren't like like my close friends but i do know guys like this yes maybe because i had friends that were athletes and like worked out and stuff i always had like some friends that were Probably. like into some weird ass shit and it was always a hilarious topic of discussion and it means this guy just reminds me of a nerdy version of that yeah he's just I- one of those guys who somehow made a bunch of money <laughs> and we all have to like pretend he has legitimacy now mm-hmm. I mean, my grandma was really into supplements because she was a hypochondriac and she was like super miserable taking all of them. Even though nobody told her to, it's like her, (laughs) but like she made that part of herself, her entire personality. It's not even like, oh, my doctor says I need these. She's like, well, I've got to take my slop today, you know, 40 pills. (laughs) She she hated (laughs) it, but then she would be like, I need to be healthy. And her doctors are like, you don't need to take Damn, like, oh, you're doing the most right now. You yeah. gotta chill. Some people just love to do this to themselves. Yes. It's um, you know, God giving me your most uh your greatest trials, and you're actually just the God comes around and it's like, <laughs> you're do you're I didn't give you this one. Yeah, I didn't bro, give you I this didn't, trial. I didn't make you take that metamucil pill. Like, <laughs> yeah, that wasn't me, dog. That was all you. Yeah. Uh, the arteries, uh, we are watching and measuring for DHA production as I'm on caloric restriction. Five hundred milligrams of cocoa flavanols, it's for heart and brain health. This is hyaluronic. Just eat some chocolate. Right. Garlic I take for liver enzymes and cholesterol management. I also eat oh, garlic. odorless garlic. Just eat. Just Bro. Garlic. Yeah, like, there's oh garlic. There's good garlic. Garlic's really good. I know. Um, Just put it in food. <laughs> yeah, what I the would fuck? put the, the yeah, I put the garlic in the food, man. I don't know. You probably enjoy <laughs> it more. Then you could have one less pill you have to take every day. <laughs> beneficial that's another great point i mean we're talking about his vampirish uh physiognomy i mean i don't know if you should be taking garlic that might be the reason why your heart age isn't you know 17 right now or something well like also that. there are plenty or... of uh, like there are videos where like he's like tries to minimize the amount of time he's in the sun which he claims of course is for like the health reasons mm-hmm. where it shows him at like you know his evil seedy like capitalist business desk where he does his business um and there's like a massive fucking window umbrella so i'm like what's the fucking point of the window um but also (laughs) um 
very vampirish. Yeah, it's it's even yeah. more sus now, actually. That's why he has to do it the odorless way. He has to do like a oh. garlic extract. He can't eat it because he's a vampire. Good point. Okay, now we know we have an explanation for the odorless garlic then. Okay. I take it for inflammation, joints, and liver. I've yet to choke on pills, although I think several haters are hoping that I, ch- that I choke on the pills. Wow, shout <laughs> out to us. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> Yeah, I fucking... Hope this fucking ray of sunshine hits you. In your <laughs> <laughs> fucking damn right. I hope you choke on that shit. No, this massive tablet is for the fucking haters out there. Just... <laughs> Literally, he's like the <clears throat> he's like the early two thousands rap videos. Like that that was his shout out to his haters. Yeah, bet you hope I choke on these pills, huh? Bet you think this song's about you. <laughs> oh. It'd be pretty ironic. So I'm going to show you how I take them about 20 ounces of water, but typically I'll just um, do it in about three different goes. First one down. Why is he drinking Second with one. a straw? I'm not even sure what happened to my mouth. You know, just like, I just put it in. It's like, all right, everyone get in line. We're going to go down. <laughs> I mean, yeah, that's how swallowing works. That's yeah. like, what? You just described the Wikipedia article for this? swallowing. <laughs> Here we go. Normal guy. Just a completely normal dude. Just do normal, completely normal okay. dude shit. So that's it. That was 43 of the 100 I take on a given day. Before bed, I take DHEA and my melatonin supplement. Melatonin specifically, I get a lot of questions on. So my team has looked at the evidence behind melatonin. They think it's relevant for me to take, so I do so. We measure things accordingly. What I have found in my efforts of trying to become a professional rejuvenation athlete I will say this, taking melatonin every day, um, personally, I find useless. If it works for you, that's, you know, hats off, whatever. It's the same with, um, like, sometimes my patients will ask me about CBD. I'm like, dog, if it works for you, fantastic. But I'm not going to, I would never be like, you should take CBD. You know what I'm saying? Um, This, like, actually, I totally forgot my point. I'm just going to keep playing the video because he's breaking my brain right now. Totally forgot. I like melatonin personally. Oh yeah, melatonin. Yeah, exactly. If it works for you, fine. And it probably works okay for him because he goes to bed freakishly at the exact same time every single night. He goes to bed at 8.30 p.m. 8.30! You have no no wonder you don't get bitches. Everybody wants to go out, (laughs) do karaoke, have a nice dinner. Dog, you're going night-night, going honk shoe at 8.30! You're a loser, <laughs> dog. That's why. His Tinder date is like, oh, you want to go for dinner at 4 p.m.? <laughs> yeah, he's going to the fucking 70-year-old. That's why he's so paranoid. He's eating dinner at 4 o'clock. He's looking around. He's like, I don't look like these boomers, do I? That's where it's coming from. He's getting even more anxious because he's eating dinner that early. God, imagine living forever, but you always have to go to bed at 8.30. Like, I would just rather die. I'd rather die. Mm-mm. Not for so me. So much of my life is lived after eight thirty. Yep, absolutely. I mean, shit. In the summer, the sun doesn't even set in Portland till ten o'clock. You going to bed at eight thirty? Fucking loser. I can't stand this. Is almost no anti-aging scientist agrees with another anti-aging scientist. They all have their different opinions. So what I take is based upon my. So where's the gold standard? Uh, <laughs> there is. <then>? Fucking cranks disagreeing with you. Yeah, other. yeah. So my team of charlatans—they can't seem to agree on um, said gold <laughs> standard. But you know, we're figuring it out as we go. Thanks, Brian. My team's analysis of the evidence 
and the measurements we get from my body. It's why we generate hundreds of biomarkers. We're trying to see if what we're doing is working or not. Here is our supplement supply closet. I'd say it's uh, personally- This is an Amazon warehouse for all of you yeah. listeners at home. <laughs> That's what it looks like. Supplement supply closet. Yeah, yikes. That's fine, where you see the structure and organization of what we're doing. And then you get a test result and you see the actual uh, effect in the body. It's really a satisfying process. The 111 pills I take daily now are around $11. That's per day. And the, the objective of Blueprint is... Yeah, 300, 300 bucks a month on a bunch of fucking <laughs> loony pills. Sure. Um, very accessible uh, for your general population. Literally, people oh are cutting their insulin in half. So they can eat dinner. And this dude's like, yeah, 300 bucks a month on a bunch of shit that has no evidence behind it. Sorry. Just fucking swap out one of them with Paxil and see how much his life improves. <laughs> <laughs> Chill the fuck out. <laughs> yeah. But like, Seriously. That supply closet thing made me think like, you know, if like they did MTV Cribs now, like a modern update, how dystopian it might be. Like back in the day, it was just fucking rappers and athletes and shit. And here... I don't even know when it fucking stopped, maybe mid 2000s. Now it'd be like, oh, like, here's my baby fetus supply closet where I harness, you know, like <laughs> something from them. This is where I get like, you know, just like grandma's hung up and they're like sucking like the last bit of fat out. Like it feels very much like that. Yeah. Vitamin supply closets. Mm -hmm. There's no opulence anymore. No. No one's no. anymore. No. Every day we, you know, move further and further away from the light of our Lord. To shit I fucking like hate this. this Lovecraft novel. <laughs> I know this is the worst. <laughs> this is the worst Call of Cthulhu. Um, <laughs> um, <laughs> what do you call it? A sequel I've ever seen. Uh, Beyond the frontier of blowing like, my the... Can you comment on his form, Bay? Bro, yeah, what do you think? This man is doing weighted like lunges, and I don't know what the fuck that was. <laughs> like, go back real quick. We just got it. It's only two seconds, but just play that shit. Day. And the, the objective of Blueprint is to be on the frontier of what the is that? He's <laughs> even I know that's not good form. Okay, that's a vampire, man. That you know, like <laughs> he's rising out of the ground. Yeah, I know like, that is not a man. Yeah. <laughs> that is a fucking vampire dog. Yeah. Well, you know how when people usually call a celebrity a vampire, it's like in a very like complimentary way, like, mm. oh, like mm. George Clooney fucking looks great forever and looks exactly the same. Or Patrick Stewart, this guy that's like, no, you're talking to like Nosferatu. <laughs> oh, yeah, not fucking like the Brad Pitt. Guy. Silicon Valley Count Orlock. God. Yeah, th these are like the vampires from uh, from Oblivion, like the ones that have been out in the sun too long, and their like skin is like weird and glittering and like very milky papery, like the ones that look like they're about to die. So these are not required for everyone. This is just a template of if somebody wants to be on the outer edge of the frontier, this is the best we're doing right now. Frontier. There you go. Mm hmm. Hmm. Little manifest destiny uh, on this guy's <laughs> mind, perhaps. You look at the thousands of measurements we've taken over two years and ran our process from evidence to protocol to data continually. All the data is telling the same story. I'm potentially the most it's the same words over and over evidence protocol data it's all yep. to create that sense of legitimacy so like those words actually mean so much more and they mean so much more because the process is so much more but here we just say it 
We yep. look at the evidence, the data, the protocol, and then we revise and we look at the evidence, the data, the protocol. And that's why I go from 104 pills to 111 to back to 90. Like, bro, come on, man. It's um, it's like self-verifying uh, kind of thing. Again, we mm -hmm. go back to this like therapy speak or corporate speak. It's like, uh, I was like talking to my neighbor about this the other day. Like when you start to use this language and these words, like they don't mean anything besides, hey, I know what I'm talking about because I'm using these words. So tr just trust me, innovation, efficiency, productivity, these words we hear in every board meeting and every weird email uh, when something bad happens at the hospital. Um, therapy speak, we're talking about um, <clears throat> um, gaslighting, we're talking about um, trauma bonding, we're talking about like when you when you pick up these words, it just means I know what I'm talking about, right? That's all that it signals. And the same thing is going on here. Uh, innovation, we're doing the science, the research, we're crunching the data, the numbers. And yeah. don't worry about what I'm actually saying. All <laughs> I'm telling you is I know what I'm talking about. It's their own signifiers and like semiotics. Yes, it is their own semiology. That's it. It's like, if we're going to talk about actual like gold standard for data in medical science, it would be a large scale randomized control trials this guy is not blinded this guy is the subject who is running his own quote unquote <laughs> exactly. clinical trial you're exactly. not blinded to shit you're starting out with the premise that you are reversing aging and you're looking out for like random labs that might look a little bit better from one week to another right right it's like it's mm -hmm. reading tea leaves mm -hmm. data is telling the same story I'm potentially the most measured person in human history. And so that's interesting where you say uh, there's a bunch of opinions about health and wellness, about what to eat, what not to eat, what supplements to take. And then you have this where we just have this enormous amount of data and these results. Uh, some other criticisms people will make is they'll say, okay, he takes uh, 100 pills, therefore that means his diet is garbage. Or they'll say that means that a vegan diet is bad, or it means that he needs meat, or it means that... Uh, Blueprint is agnostic, and so Blueprint says nothing about plants or meat. It's simply a process to say we can look at evidence, we can design a protocol, we can look at data. And so I am a vegan by choice, not by necessity. So if somebody can achieve this without supplements, wonderful. This is not a situation where Blueprint is pro-supplements as the only way of doing things. It's a way of doing things. Do you need to take 100 pills a day to be healthy? No. Why are you doing it? Oh, why, why are you doing it? Yeah. hey buddy you like, gave the game of away sense. <laughs> none of that makes sense yeah and he... also like just gave it gave it away like oh some of the things that i do are completely arbitrary because i choose to do it yes. like the number of calories like he eats what 1977 a day mm -hmm. he's vegan because he wants to be Sorry. Yeah, the, the public face of this project too is project blueprint and he just said like it's agnostic which is exactly what we've been talking about the way we've used this idea that I'm using these big catchwords for sciency. Like this is all sciency. Like it's agnostic. There's no ideology, so there's no politics. There's no reference to God, so it's not theology. It is agnostic. It is just a science, and we're doing science, folks. Like it's almost like if we repeat that word enough. That's what I mean. It's self-verifying. Self like mm -hmm. all I have to do is say we're talking about science. Like oh shit, okay, go off, King. <laughs> now I'm with you. We're doing science.
Um, <laughs> the, uh, the hundred pill thing, like now I'm even like what you're just saying, Sigmund, now I'm even more convinced that the only reason he does it is so he can be the hundred pill a day guy. That's it. It just increases his cultural purchase. And he has some little, again, some signifier in within this like semiology, the sign system that he's creating for himself. Yes. I'm the hundred pill a day guy. Um, either be outraged and click on my shit or be interested and click on my shit. He doesn't really care one way or the other. Just click on my shit. That's it. You can do so many of the basics like sleep and exercise and just having a good diet and getting the majority of benefits. Hey, everyone, I hope you enjoyed it. Yeah, I'm really honing in on that uh, 0.73% from the 100 pills a day. Um, again, back to what you're saying, Bay. It's like, what do we already know about how to get closer to like a picture of health diet a uh, little bit of like even resistance training not even exercise or just movement sorry just go back to movement diet and movement um and that will achieve so much from the physical standpoint and community friendship um having connections uh some sort of sociality that is really where I, he's he's saying it again. He's giving up the game. That's where most of the benefits come from. Yeah, all this other shit is just to make me famous. This video, I really enjoyed making it. I'm happy I didn't choke on the pills on camera. That would have been really embarrassing. I hope it's. It's been kind of funny too. But I mean, <laughs> a little bit. You would have laughed too, right, dog? Oh, of course. I mean, yeah, yeah, yeah. I would have cracked. Well, that's that's the end of of uh, why I take a hundred pills every day. Yeah. Close us out here. Let us out here. I'll let you uh, stop the share real quick. Are you going to talk about um, <laughs> sending electromagnetic pulses to his balls? No. Do you want to talk about some of his weird shit? <laughs> like, I do have, like, I was going to mention some of that. I didn't have that one. Okay. Because um, there's this article that goes over, like, uh, it it's hone health, so I don't really know how good it is, but it goes through six smart and three pointless habits from his it's like daily things and it's like okay high intensity exercise that's good following a strict diet that's good has a sleep routine me too bitch i'm also <laughs> same smart. been doing that <laughs> that's right i listen to the same uh like sound as i fall asleep so i can like train myself to fall asleep so who's the genius here me um complete monthly blood tests mris ultrasound and colonoscopies this man fucking drinks Go Lightly for fun every month. Mon monthly this colonoscopy? Is, this is a fucking fetish. Like, mm, every God. month. Every month. And, like, even if you're not thinking about, you know, like, radiation from x-rays, which he's not doing, but, like, there is potentially, like, negatives to imaging yourself that frequently is that, like, you just catch false positives and you put mm -hmm. yourself through things that you don't need. Uh, whole body light therapy to reduce inflammation, which whatever, go to any Korean spa and sit in there. You'll do the same thing. Um, testosterone patch is smart. I disagree that this is smart. There's a lot of evidence to suggest that like testosterone, exogenous testosterone for people who aren't hypogonadic, like who don't have hypogonadism, like do anything. It's probably not good. If anything, um, you're going to mess up that fucking, what was it, HPA, or maybe testosterone is not really involved so much in the HPA. But if yeah, you give in exogenous, you're going to stop producing endogenous testosterone once yeah, your body your gets used to Yes. I don't. What are they? Well, do vampires but have then balls? he uh, uses electromagnetic <laughs> pulses we don't, we don't to improve muscle on his pelvic floor. 
Oh yeah, I saw that the pelvic floor spells. I was like the balls every fucking day. And then uh, he makes him us all cry twice a day. Again, bitch, same. Like (laughs) (laughs) except except you are not unique. (laughs) Exactly. It's just called having mental health problems. (laughs) So he said that his eyes weren't producing an optimal amount of fluid. I don't know how you find that out. Um, and then he first opted for eye drops, and then now he's going the quote more natural route of making himself cry by stimulating a nerve on the side of his nose that makes his eyes water, and it sounds it feels like quote the most intense anticipatory sneeze. This is then- natural. That's more more natural than <laughs> I I okay. Slaps his fucking eyeballs, and then he counts his overnight erections. Pointless. Yeah. I mean, yeah. who among us? I got to say, who among us is not doing that? But. I want to know how how exactly does that work? Like, is there a, you know, nighttime nurse? Just hmm, there's one. Uh, he probably <laughs> yeah. has like those. You got a uh, sitter. They, they have like these meters that they've used for like, um, like sex offender studies where like it measures like erections by like putting okay. a little cuff on your dick. See, that's what I was wondering. I was like, I feel like there's more to this science that's probably legitimate, but I don't know it. But yeah. I was like, or, okay, a yeah. dick meter, a dick cuff. All yeah, right. he's got an Apple watch on his dick. Just like, can, you buy the, <laughs> can you buy those at Walgreens? Like, yeah. He's got one of those aura rings on his dick. Yeah. <laughs> oh, it measures and the then, temperature too. Oh my God. Ooh. Incredible. And speaking of like how he wants to make it for everybody, if you go on Reddit, this blueprint, so Reddit, Someone posted, I feel awful on this optimized diet after consuming it for a few weeks. Does this mean I'm doing That's just what you want to hear. I feel awful I <laughs> doing feel- this. Literally sounds like Ralph Wiggum. Like, oh. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Can I read you uh, what he eats on a daily? Well, I'm assuming gender, but what this person eats on a daily basis, which equates to 2,000 calories. As in Brian Johnson's? Like no, Brian no, Johnson. no. Some some person posting oh, okay. about like I started following his diet. Okay. Like Please. one sweet potato, two onions with garlic, chili powder, and a red pepper. Quote, super veggie. I'm not really sure what that means. Plus black seed, hemp seed, chia seeds, kiwi, apple, peach. I switch up the fruit. Good for him. Okay. Uh almonds, walnuts, organic nut crackers under some grape tomatoes, one can of sardine, one shot of uh I think he means kefir, kimchi, sauerkraut, green beans, spinach, arugula, tomatoes, and then olive stuff with garlic, sesame seeds, and poppy seeds. Occasionally activated charcoal. Um, And then the dip for his sweet potato fries is chili powder, garlic powder, distorted Indian spices mixed with apple cider vinegar, which sounds awful. I feel awful after eating this and get so bloated. I feel like I'm going to get a hurt. (laughs) <laughs> nausea extreme fatigue oh <laughs> this poor bastard <laughs> this guy is going to give himself fucking crones like yes <laughs> like we have just fa- found so like the, the inflammatory bowel disease diet holy shit uh, remove some of those vegetables and at first i thought he was like talking about like the pig slop that they ate in fucking estonia in like the 1300s <laughs> and then he added some and i was like okay this sounds like a world war ii like rationing tin for a soldier yes, like and then the he K just ration. went all the way i was like no this is bro he's gonna get mercury poisoning from eating a can of sardines <laughs> yeah is is this stuff he eats every day or is he at least cycling some of this stuff because 
Like if my stomach saw all of these different varied foods every day, it'd be like, dog, what are you doing to me? I can't handle all of this variety every day. This seems like the perfect diet, maybe even better than Brian's, but I'm feeling awful. Is that some sort of indication that this is unhealthy or should I just power through it? It could be. We know. we really will never know. You seem awful. You sound like you're awful. Uh, let's just give it some time. See what happens. I have a feeling no blood work would show any deficiencies or anything wrong under this diet, but will testing be that idea in two or so weeks we'll see oh my God. Godspeed. <laughs> i just want to say too it. the the idea of um blood work being done on him okay fine but isn't blood work based on averages of what we have decided to accept as normal there is no there's no such thing as every person at this age and this body type should have this hemoglobin and this glucose and this creatinine and this whatever. It doesn't work that way. It's just like here is um, over the years, we have seen that what we have decided is that are the healthiest people, their ranges fall between this and this. But we've decided that as uh, researchers, as academicians, physicians, uh, scientists, we've decided that. It's not like we found what is good and correct. And so I, I, this obsession with blood work always um, throws me for a loop. And especially with this Redditor who's like posting their miserable life <laughs> trying to follow this diet. Like, yeah, I'm sure my blood work is good. I'm like, again, that's not the point, is it? Like when you get on the scale and you like the number, but you feel like shit, what's the point? It's the same idea. There's this obsession with, again, I go back to it, the quantitative value. What is my blood work? How much do I weigh? It's not about the sense. It's not about how I feel. It's not about my mental health or physical health uh, from the sense. It's all about what my blood work says, what my, yeah, my ear temperature said today. Um, these things can give you a trend, but they don't give you a, um, they don't give you a full picture. Um, go ahead. I found it funny too. Like, there's an interview where he gives um, <clears throat> a description of his former self as Evening Brian, who was a self destructive uh, person that had accelerated aging, decay, and disability. And his whole like project right now is to overcome Evening Brian. Like, so. <laughs> Amen. And then the ultimate goals were like, just like we talked about, like a kid, he wants to not just reverse his body, but to target reverse age specific organs, brain, heart, lungs, liver, kidneys, tendons, T skin, hair, bladder, penis, and rectum to that. And this is where I really love it to a random arbitrary number of a healthy 18 year old. That is the number that like he just kind of ambivalently threw out there just, oh, I think that's it. That is where peak age is, the 18-year-old male body. And that is what I'm trying to get to. So you take everything that he's put online, all the information that he has put out there about his, this personal expedition through this project, if you will. And then you take the people that have bought into it, like our Reddit um, <clears throat> poster, and everything about it sounds like the unhealthy, unhealthy capitalist dystopic society that we live in. And this is what health and wellness is. 
It is put forward on high by our social betters. There are social betters simply because they have wealth and people of the lowly masses uh, attempt to mimic this behavior. Now, I'll also say, I think a majority of working class people don't even know who this motherfucker is. Um, I think people that are, you know, online, obviously, like kids that get into wellness, like your college age people that get into your whole health and fitness culture and stuff. But it's just this way that health, wellness, merge with science, medicine, and healthcare at large are completely captured by an economic system. And that system takes these things and it will preach to them either in vague, uh, as the word he used, agnostic notions attached to no sense of social betterment, no sense of social well-being. It's just you should be healthy and this is why, simply because. Um, and <clears throat> all of a sudden I forgot my train of thought. And also this idea that science itself and health itself is kind of moralistic. You should be healthy. Like evening Brian was bad. Like what I'm currently doing is good. And for us, as Marxists, we're always talking about power. All this is is a display of power. He has the power to individually do things, to individually access certain forms of care, certain forms of testing, maintain a specific diet, live a certain lifestyle, essentially, to attempt to be a healthy person. And others don't. Our society is unhealthy. We are members, working members in an unhealthy society. And we can't generate our own health and well-being simply because the social structures don't allow us to. We don't have that power. There is no power, um, you know, power itself so individuated. It's can I afford good food? Can I afford a meal at these times? Can I eat, you know, these type of things? Can I do all these healthy uh, aspects of a specifically understood healthy lifestyle? Move, travel, learn, etc. No, but this man can perform a Mary Shelley project on himself. And this is done under the guise or cloak of health and wellness. That is ultimately what modern, you know, health and wellness like um, industry and culture is in this country. It is a display of people with some amount of power simply because they have money or they're attached more specifically to a particular type of class, um, pandering to the masses that this is what people should be doing in the mass of being like, yeah, bro, I just, I'm trying to get a fucking like McChicken and they're no longer a dollar. And what you're saying about moralism, moralizing, it's, um, that makes you a bad person, right? It's because, oh, you should know better. You know, you know what the right thing to do, quote unquote, is, which is to put better food in your body and be healthier. And why is that the better thing to do? Well, it's better because, you know, you're not being, therefore you're not being a burden on society. We go back to health communism, right? These ways that the state manages the population. And <clears throat> if you're not being healthy and you're relying on um, um, healthcare to uh, achieve or acquire, actually is a better word to use, acquire health. They talk about this in the book a lot. Health is not something that's given. It's not this like... Um, state of being that we should strive for. It's something that you have to, number one, earn through labor. And it's something that you have to purchase. It is not a human right. It is not a, 
it is not a um, state of a uh, state of affairs, right? It's a health is a process, right? Health is is a movement. It's a it's bringing together behaviors and psychology into like trying to yeah live the best version of yourself, whatever that means, right? Um, but for health capitalists, health is something you purchase. Health is something you earn. And again, this is what better encapsulation than this, this guy who has earned it by selling his company for $800 million or whatever it was. He's earned the right to do this. And uh, now he's going to go out, now that he's earned health, now he's going to purchase health, acquire health. Uh, in the form of 100 pills a day and a team of 30 doctors and a regimen that's planned for him, a diet regimen that's planned for him and all this bullshit, right? It's something that definitely is not guaranteed. It's something under capitalism health, you must earn it and you must buy it. And that is exactly why something like this will never work for your average working class, Joe Schmo, whatever you want to call him, um, this is just completely unattainable. This is a fantasy uh, for your average person. And that's why we shouldn't take this guy seriously. Um, we've already said it many times for other reasons, but really that's the crux is uh, you have nothing in common with this guy. If you're listening right now, you probably have nothing in common with this guy. Maybe besides some ambient, I want to live a little bit healthier. All right, fine. Most people think that way. But besides that, yeah, absolutely nothing fucking in common with this guy. And he should be ignored pretty much. Um, except by us when we're making fun of him and we bring these little kernels of information to you. But otherwise, people like this are uh, snake oil salesmen uh, at best, charlatans, um, or really just people who are trying to get famous. Now that he has the money, he wants the, he has the economic capital, now he wants the cultural capital. Many such cases out there. And I think he's just somebody who's having maybe his 15 minutes um, and we're talking about it and he may fall into oblivion. There it comes again. Uh, he may fall into oblivion at some point in the future. We'll have to see if he doesn't, you know, die on a plane crash or yeah, something just totally out of nowhere. Um, it would be a little bit funny if he died for some stupid reason like that, but it's like bad cow disease from one of his capsules being contaminated. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, something so yeah. Well, if he got like Kurtzfield Jakob, exactly something so fucking <laughs> rare and random, like prion disease. Oh, that sucks. <laughs> sucks. Damn, he took bro. all those. It sucks. He took ten thousand pills over you know a span of six months. But uh, well, I think uh, it might be a good time to to wrap up. Um, Closing thoughts, Bay. Anything else you wanted to hammer home before we log off here, segment? No, I mean, I think like, you know, health as a commodity is kind of like the underlying principle for both these like scientism sort of health charlatans as well as like the crystal magic health charlatans. Mm -hmm. And we should probably do kind of one on both. We should so show the both sides of the debate, right? We should do another one on um, one of the other health influencers who kind of say like, oh, oh, medicine is bad and you should never take anything. And here's how you, you know, defeat cancer by eating cow shit or something. <laughs> the last thing I want to say is that <clears throat> health itself is 
uh, a demonstration of power and who has health therefore in our society is oftentimes not just those that are fortunate to not run into unhealthy things, uh, chronic illnesses and disability, um, but it's those who can purchase health. Um, and you could stratify that into who's a, who's able and so on to get into like the nitty gritty, like, well, if you're a certain class, you know, the American Dem social that might want to be like, oh, the middle class, because, you know, they have access to insurance through like their work. No, fundamentally, the powerful have access to health and the working masses don't. Uh, working people are generally going to be unhealthy. And that means working nurses, working physicians, even if you make a little bit more money than most of us out there, you are still slowly becoming so unhealthy. I'm sure most of our young listeners understand just the training process itself is unhealthy and it creates yeah. unhealthy behaviors that manifest in the way they eat, the way they sleep, et cetera, but also manifest in like an unhealthy outlook and how you conduct yourself. Yeah. So health is a health itself is a metric of power. And truly the only people that have ultimate health in our society are those at the highest like rung that upper echelon, those capitalists, and those right below them, you know, kind of petty bourgeois, who, like who made their, their money and can access, you know, health at their own whim, they have power, most of us don't. So if we want to be healthy, if we want a healthy society, then we have to gain power, power will like power in itself will create healthy power and healthy constructs for us to live a healthy lifestyle. Well said, my friend. Well said. Well, shout out Brian Johnson. Everything I've said, everything bad I've said about you, it's only because I think you're so funny and just weird in what you're doing. Um, I wish you the best, honestly. I hope you can make, uh, what, what is the word? I hope you can scale this project. Um, I hope you can make this tenable for your everyday man. I hope you can innovate in a way that the efficiency can bring up the productivity and bring down the negative externalities. I hope that you can uh, help me out here. I hope that you can um, you can align uh, our values uh, to achieve a certain end where all parties, all communities are wrapped together in an essence of spiritual forwardness, happiness, comfort. I hope that we can bring our disparate ideas together uh, in a in a cosmic soup of consistency to where all parties are feeling empowered. There we go. That I knew there was a word I was forgetting. Empowered to be their best self and live to be 250 years old. Let's do it, Brian. Thank you, Brian. Thank you for your contribution. Now, before Evening Fidel appears, I'm going to go take my uh, 100 pills. Um it's been the Eminem Podcast. Sigmund Bay, thank you very much. Um, join us uh, next time, whenever that may be. It's been the Eminem Podcast. Take care, my friends. It's my life.